Welcome to Leadership Unlearned. In this program, we invite you, the listener, to examine all that you believe and know about leadership. When we speak about leadership, we are not only speaking about a role in an organization. We are encouraging you to take up your leadership mantle wherever you may be. It may be in your family. It's definitely needed in our communities. It can be in your place of worship or even on your sport team or local hobby team. I am Maxine Atong. I'm an organizational development practitioner, as well as an executive coach and facilitator. And so I'm running this podcast because I really want all of us to bring change to the systems that we live, work, and play within. And today with me, I'm pretty excited because I think this is going to be a really valuable and probably mind-changing interview. I have with me Eric Gerber. And if you don't know Eric Gerber, I'm going to allow him to introduce himself. So Eric, tell us about Eric Gerber. Thanks so much, Maxine. I'm really excited to be here, to, to be on your podcast. And yeah, from my side, I'm a, a marketer and PR specialist focused on the podcast industry. So I help brands and businesses to reach targeted podcast audiences by placing them as a guest on other podcasts as a guest interviewee. Um, so that's me from a entrepreneurship and business perspective. From a leadership perspective, I, myself and my business partner started this company in 2020 um, when I think all of us remember March 2020 when lockdown had just, I think, hit most countries. And we, we wanted to, we were thinking, how can we create a company that doesn't rely on in-person interaction all the time? So we, we had the idea for the, for the business, but we also had the idea to create a company that's 100% remote. So all our agents, we started with just two of us. We, we've built it up over the, the last three years to around 14 agents that we have in-house now. And almost none of us have ever even been in the same room together, except for myself and my business partner. So, um, yeah, I think for me as a leader, the biggest challenge that I've kind of gone through is managing a team 100% remotely and all the, the little challenges and all those adaptations that had to come along with that. So, yeah. Mm, I love it. I, you know, it's. It's pretty different. Um, not many marketers refer to themselves as leaders. You know, marketers help other people, um, you know, whether or not we think there's, you know, whatever the results may be. And that's one. And then the second thing is starting a business in 2020. You know, we yeah. always hear, you know, when there's a recession, when there's a bad time, it's a good time to start a business. So what made you decide to start a business in the midst of um, the pandemic. So for us, it was more, honestly, it was a, a survival thing more than anything else because we, my business partner and I, we were both actually musicians full-time before, before we went into business. And, um, so it was quite a drastic pivot, but we, you know, the events industry just took such a big hit and being in an industry that relies on, you know, in-person events to make a living was quite tough to we we knew that it wasn't gonna wasn't gonna work we it, everything was so uncertain we didn't know you know how long this is gonna last what the long-term implications were gonna be so um we we 
we've both had some experience in content creation and marketing from our musicianship background. And my partner Raymond actually came to me and he proposed this idea of, you know, serving the podcast industry. And, um, you know, I loved it. We rolled with it. We, you know, uh, this, that's when we decided for this to work, it has to be remote. It has to be completely online. Otherwise, you know, because everything was just so uncertain. We didn't know where the industry was going. And um, yeah, so that was what, what came in terms of the initial, initial spark of it. Mm. And, you know, that, that's so interesting for a number of reasons, because right now in 2022, we're in what, November going into December, we see where a lot of organizations actually want people to come back to work. And you started a business remotely yes. and you're staying remotely. Tell me about that. So, yeah, we, we had to basically develop our whole structure based on an online um, you know, system, an online, an online way of leading people and, you know, helping the company grow. So for us, it actually worked perfectly. Like we never felt the need to get an office space and hire local people because we built it from the ground up with just me and my partner, just the two of us. Even then, even though we were living in the same city, even 90% of the time we would work remotely because... These days, there's just so many amazing online tools, you know, everything's cloud-based. And um, we, when we decided to hire our first employee, we knew that it was at the time that it would have to be online. So we asked each other, how can we make this work as an online company? Because we knew this wasn't going to be the first employee that we would hire. And so we had all these, you know, systems in place, like we decided to do everything cloud-based. We, you know, we had very clear kind of accountability structures in place. Um, we used certain tools to make sure that, you know, everyone is kept accountable, um, effective communication tools, uh, effective kind of group work in an online setting, having regular meetings, you know, online meetings to, to keep making contact. So, so just these are just a couple of examples and I can elaborate more on that later if you'd like. But essentially, we had just built this whole system online. And when everyone was going back to, to in-person, you know, um, we, we thought, you know, we'd never had to hire an office space in the past. So that's going to be an unnecessary expense for us. And it's been working pretty well just staying online. Um, our agents love it because of the flexible the flexibility as well. Um, not having to, you know, sit in traffic and... Uh, get to get to the office in time s s for some people that have to commute mm -hmm. and so yes I think in in some ways um, sometimes I, I find myself thinking it maybe it would be better in certain ways if 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 we had that constant inter you know there's something about being in the same room as someone that's mm -hmm. gives you a different experience and a different work environment than only being online so I definitely think there are pros and cons to both ways but for us, we, we just stuck to the online way because we had just built everything around that and it was working so well for us. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm just thinking about the team members. So you said right now you have 14 team members. And how do you make those team members have that sense of being part of a team, a sense of belonging in the online space? 
Great question. Um, so we, at first, we noticed that our agents felt a little isolated um, because they were just working on their own and the only person they were really making contact with was their boss, right? Which was either me or my partner. And then we came up with the idea of what if we divided them into groups of three and each each person has a very specific role because at that point we were ex starting to expand anyway and we realized that you know the work is it's the the field of expertise is so broad from you know copywriting to to research to market analysis um, to you know client relations and it's it's so hard to find someone that has all three of those or, well all however many dozen of those qualities and um, we decided what if we broke it into three and rather specialized um, so each member of the team so the team would be structured in groups of three and each member of the team would be specific for a specific part of the company and um, we found at at first it was a move just for like operational and effective like you know for those purposes but we found that it actually really helped our agents on a personal level because they started feeling more like they have this support structure because they're constantly communicating with each other. And, you know, if they're struggling with someone, they can go, there's someone else to go to besides for their boss that can maybe be a little bit more sympathetic and a little bit more understanding, even though me and my, my me and Raymond try our best to be as, you know, I feel like that's really important to show sympathy as a, as a leader as well. But I think it's just, you know, if you're someone's boss, you're their boss. You're not going to, you're not going to be their best friend and their leader, if that makes sense. Not in a business context. I think in a friendship and family and religious context, it's different. Um, but so, so we really found, found that that helped us a lot. Just having a team structure. It, it was more than just teamwork. It was kind of like a little support group. And um, so, so I found that really helped us. The other thing that we do besides for that is we have um, regular meetings. We have one-on-ones with all our agents and we have group meetings every week where we just touch base with it one team at a time, just, you know, um, and also just help them see what their situations are like and try and help them out of it. Uh, the third thing we did was we started doing we got a little bit more creative with our team building um, activities. So obviously, again, not being in the same building and or the same room as someone makes it really hard to have a team building event. So what we would start doing is little things like um, like a virtual lunch, you know, just uh, we'd make an event, we'd create, a, you know, invite everyone to it and then just say, hey, if you feel like having lunch with some of your co-workers, you know, hop on the Zoom meeting and you guys can chat. Um, the other thing we did was like online, uh, like games, like we did, a, we did a Pictionary, online Pictionary, all of us just just played and that was, we, we all just hopped on, on Zoom and we, we, we played that and uh, there's another game called Among Us, which we also, that, that was a ton of fun and I think that that really kind of nurtured a little bit more of that personal relationship and that personal touch with, with our team. Yes, yeah, so it's a number of things that you did, you know, and what I'm hearing you say is a, a number of things. The first one is the streamlining of the organization, you know, really assigning responsibilities to people. And in that assignment of responsibilities, you formed smaller teams that were complete units. And what exactly. 
Yeah, and what emerged from that, even though it's a work team, it also became a sort of support group for that team. So that that team, on a smaller level, became it connected to each other. The second thing is really keeping in touch in terms of having one-on-ones with the individuals and having smaller team meetings so everybody is kind of like touch and base. And then the third piece you mentioned was about having these lunch meetings on Zoom as well as playing games at a certain you know at, at times. And so I have a few questions in terms of you pick my curiosity in terms of how it worked or how it didn't. So my first question would be around those smaller teams. How do you ensure that those teams don't become silos and that the organization sort of stays together at the same time, even though we're working in smaller teams? Um, so that's a, that's an excellent question. So when you when you say silos, you mean very separate from the rest of the, the company and organization? Absolutely, yeah. I understand. So what what has helped us is we also have so um, we structure it into host persons, client persons, and research persons. Um, so so those are our three worlds. So what we would do is we would also have separate um, like little chat groups for all the host persons, all the you know mm. research persons, and all the the client persons. And we try to really encourage them to help each other out because in a, in a team of three, each person's expertise is very specific to, they have their little, you know, if I can say the word pigeon, pigeonhole yes. almost, they don't necessarily bleed into the next person's responsibilities. And so it, it was really helpful for them to get some advice and some support from other people who are also in the same field as them. Um, and what we would sometimes do is also, you know, get all the host persons on a on a on a team meeting or on a Zoom call. Get all the client persons on a Zoom call. And um, especially when we're because we're working with with so many different podcasts on a daily or weekly basis, um, we found that just naturally a lot of the the, the host persons, for example, the, the ones communicating with the podcasts mainly, they would help each other out and, and just say, you know, by the way, this, just so that everyone knows, this podcast doesn't want guests like X, Y, and Z. They want guests like A, B, and C. And then so, they'll, so they, would, they would start collaborating. So, um, yeah, I guess that was one way. And then again, just mentioning what I said before, just bringing all of them together once a week into one big uh, meeting and just having like, you know, discussions on certain topics within the business and opening the the floor essentially for them to to also learn to get to know each other and have their say yeah i I love it and because there's so many times in organizations you know we have that's where we get silos from so the accounting department works independently and they fight with other people or the sales and marketing team the operations and the maintenance team or the engineering team and that makes so much sense that there's a sense of both the specialists meeting together so they understand our, our range of issues and then putting them in these multifunctional teams so that they can actually create something together. So I think that's a good one for our listeners because I think most organizations have that problem around silos. And the second question that I wanted to ask, which really intrigued me, is that I know some clients who've tried um, the Zoom lunch meetings and they failed miserably. <laughs> People don't come or they, you know, yes. they, 
they sort of come they check it out and they don't contribute or you know they eat their lunch silently they turn their cameras off so how how do you encourage your team to actually be present at these zoom luncheons well, if I'm completely honest, that um, I don't think we've succeeded in that field either. It's just been something that we've tried. <laughs> I'd be lying to you if I if I if I tell you that it's it's worked wonders. It's it's one of the things we tried and it worked for a while. Um, but I think, and this is just me um, speculating, but I think what changed in the beginning, people seemed very enthusiastic about it. But I think what changed is when. Um, the bosses started joining the, the the lunch as well. I yeah. think it just made, it's not that, I don't think that our team members dislike us, not at all, but I do think it just creates a little bit more tension having a kind of a bit of an authority figure there because you need to watch what you say and you can't be yourself completely. You can't, you know, people like to gossip about work and they can't really do that if, if the, the, the boss is present. So I think that is what, um, what made that, you know, what st stopped getting people interested in that. But um, I'd, I'd definitely be, be keen to keep trying that, um, maybe, in a, you know, try it from some different angles and see if it works. But yeah, so far, I'd be lying if I said that it's that it, it's worked <laughs> completely. <laughs> and, and so what's the difference between that and the games nights, the, the games events? Because I imagine mm. the bosses are there at the games, right? So what do yes. you think is the difference between the two in terms of the success rate? Oh, it's night and day. I think with the, what's nice is that when you, when there's a game, you know, everyone is on an equal playing field. Um, and the interaction was actually so much better. You know, we got, people were cracking jokes, you know, taking little, um, little stabs at, at me and Raymond, you know, just for the fun of it, which was, they would never do in a, in a normal, you know, uh, you know, everyday, day-to-day -day context. Um, and it's, I think it just created, just because it's, it's got nothing to do with work. It's everything except work, besides for the people that are present. Um, and I think that really made a, a massive, um, it's, it was like night and day. We, we're definitely gonna keep doing that. So here I am wondering, I'm just wondering, so what is it about the lunch? Because I mean, it's a lunch. What is it about a lunch mm. meeting that was really different from the games, you know, in terms of how people behave, you know, when the leaders enter the room. So I guess that's something, that's really something I'm, I'm curious about, you know? Yeah, for sure. I, I wish I, I wish I could tell you. Um, <laughs> I wish like I said, <laughs> Yeah. At this point, you know, we're, we're still quite a young company as well. We've, we've, we're going on three years now and we're just trying stuff. You know, we've we've tr we've tried things that have worked really well. We've tried things that haven't worked really well, um, and I'm sure there are lots of listeners, you know, listening to this episode that are going through that same thing. They're they're trying some things that are working, some things that are not working. So, uh, all I can tell you, unfortunately, is that um, yeah, that worked, that didn't work. And <laughs> I, one day, I, when I when, when I know what the what the difference was, then I'll come back to you and I'll let you know. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that because I know now that the question has been asked, you will figure it out. Yes. And I yes. guess one thing that I'm, I'm really curious about is, um, you know, you're a young company, you started during the pandemic. This has been your model mm -hmm. to be remote working. And I, I can't help but juxtapose that to the rest of us who've been in offices. You know, we had to go home during the pandemic. And now that it's over, I see people 
dying to go back into the office. They're okay with sitting down in the traffic for hours. They're okay with, you know, picking up their kids late. And, and I'm really wondering, this is such a lost opportunity for, for all of us to have a different lifestyle, to, to work remotely, to have more flexible time and hours. What does your organization focus on to make this work for you? So um, I think just to just to start from the, the first point you made, where some people are, are, are dying to come back to, to work, I think there is some kind of natural evolution that happens in a company when you when you're working in a certain way for a certain number of time. I think, you know, employees come and go and naturally over time I think your culture as a company invites and encourages certain types of people to stay that are I almost want to say I'm 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 all for um, being as in culturally inclusive as possible. So I'm not talking about different backgrounds. I'm more talking about just the functionality of the company. Um, I think there is some kind of natural evolution that happens that attracts people who like to work a certain way versus people who like to work a different kind of way. Um, so I think if you're if you've been used to working in a company that's been at the same office every day, you've you've made friends. You've you some people just naturally crave that human interaction. I think it's also like a personality thing where some people thrive working by themselves and working in isolation in a space where that's controlled, that's not, you know, um, constantly being invaded by external forces and they can just, you know, sit and get their, um, their, their work done the way they wanted to. So I guess what we did is we try to capitalize, capitalize on that, that side of things and that way of working where we, we, we really encourage, you know, productivity, um, we, we're constantly giving tips on how to be more productive and how to stay motivated uh, by working, you know, by yourself every day. You know, you, you need to wake up. There's no one, you know, that's going to shout at you for being late. You have to wake up every day. You need to switch on your computer and, and do the work that, that gets done. So um, we have a number of things in place that, and the one big thing is, and this is actually not, this is actually a quote from one of my favorite authors called, Gino Wickman, uh, he, he co-wrote a book called Rocket Fuel. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. And um, he, in that book, he says that one, one thing that stood out to me is if more than one person is accountable, then no one is accountable. So we really, we really kind of revolved a lot of the, the way we do things online around that. After every meeting, we make sure there's a clear action plan in place, especially because it's online, you know, communication, email threads, chat threads get lost so so often and so easily. So whenever we're talking about something, whenever there's an issue discussed, we 100% make sure that, okay, so what is the next action plan? Even if you can't see the long-term outcome, we, we, we make sure always, you know, person A knows what to do, person B knows what to do and everyone is clear on what needs to be done and who needs who needs to do it we you know we've got all these online tools that we we've employing to kind of make sure you know I'm always setting up tasks signing people uh, making sure that everything the, the communication is as transparent and clear as possible without needing to 
because you can't just walk by their office and say, hey, by the way, um, you know that, I don't know, report I asked for yesterday? Um, you know, how's that going? You can't just do that in, in an online space. So you have to you have to do certain things a little bit differently. And so using those kind of online tools has really, um, really helped us. So mm-hmm. I, I wafted a little bit there. I'd hope somewhere in between there I'll answer your question. <laughs> I hope so too. You know, <laughs> so before I have another question for you, but before I go that, okay. I just really want to remark on that little bit about accountability that you dropped in there and how really important it is for us to really track accountability in organizations. You know, the fact that it is, it is remote has really pushed you to do that. But I'm wondering, you know, most organizations we need, in all organizations, we really need to say who's doing what, when it is, and make sure everybody knows. I know, in the, as you said, you know, I can't pass somebody's cubicle and say, hey, how's that going? So it really was imperative for you to do that, to get that going. So yeah, but that, that's a takeaway for everybody, especially, and I think really and truly for all of us in organizations, it's absolutely necessary. So there were two things I wanted to highlight in terms of what you were sharing. I'm wondering if it's a personality type that works in your in your remote office. You know, if, if it's probably people who are self-motivated, okay with working alone, they don't mind isolation, that's one question. And I guess the follow-up question was, how do you keep people motivated? Because you spoke a little bit about, you know, motivating people. So I want to know some of your techniques that you use. Sure. Um, I think when it comes to motivating people, we we have these these little, um, like, I think it's important to celebrate the victories. And, and we always have these moments, like if we, when we get a, I don't know, a good review, you know, we, we always make sure to make a big deal of it um, and in front of all the, you know, the entire company say, you know, wow, um, Justine got this amazing review from this from this podcast, you know, well done. Can we please give her a, a round of applause? So that's the one thing is always try and make a big deal of the small little victories. Um, the other thing was we, we do have incentives in place as well, like financial incentives, you know, with, with some, um, you know, uh, targets that we try to meet and, you know, we, we reward the, the people who, who um, meet those targets more often, things like that. Um, but we, it's not so much so that, you know, it's a very delicate balance so that the ones, maybe the newer, the newer employees don't feel like they're, you know, left out or that they're never going to be able to achieve this. We, we always try and keep the playing field even. And then we also do um, this year, we haven't actually done this yet, but this year we were thinking of doing a little reward ceremony where we um, we just buy people like an Amazon gift and we just ship it to, you know, because Amazon's worldwide. So we, we just ship it to their, their address and we give like little, um, little kind of like uh, the office. <laughs> where they have the dundies. I don't know if you've watched yeah. that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so so we, um, I think that must must be where the idea came from. But <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, so we, we, we want to uh, do things like that, which I, I don't think is anything special. I think a lot of companies do do all those things. Um, but yeah, I think for, for me, especially, I think it's, it's something that's really kept our team motivated is, like I said in the beginning, celebrating the victories, making a big deal out of it. 
I think it's so important for people to feel appreciated, you know, for work to be appreciated, not when you just have the huge wins, but the small wins, because that motivates people to have more wins. So that's that's definitely something that that I really want to appreciate that you're doing. And the other question that I asked was really around, or I should say I'm wondering, is there a personality type that works best in your organization? Uh, yes, yes. I think um, for certain roles, definitely. Like uh, for the, the researcher role, because they're really the... That the baseline, the foundation, if they're not doing the research, the rest of the team can't uh, do their job. So I think um, there are certain personality types for certain uh, fields or, you know, yeah, fields of the, the, the team structure. Um, but even even though like our client person will be a lot more bubbly generally, a lot more, you know, outgoing, easy to talk to people, easy to handle situations of conflict. Um, I think among all of them, the, the running theme is admin is a big, is, is, you know, people need to be generally quite organized and good with admin, you know, recording their actions, recording everything they're doing. And I think it's, it does take a certain personality because I know a lot of people that are just terrible at, you know, writing things down, even just like writing the simplest thing down, like taking, putting something in a checklist, you know, um, there's just some people that are just absolutely terrible at that. And no matter how they try, they just can't, they just can't do it. That would so, be me. Um, that would be me. Yeah. Oh, is it? <laughs> so, so I don't think you'd make a, a, a great podcast agent, Maxine. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm, no, I, I just got rejected. My application was just rejected. <laughs> um, so, so yes, I think um, just being quite admin orientated is quite a big thing for us no matter what role you're in and um, just self-discipline and, and even though we do obviously give lots of tips in, in terms of that and we really try to facilitate that kind of culture of self-discipline and, and meeting deadlines and being taking action for your you know being responsible for yourself and your own deeds and your own responsibilities um, I think yeah that the that those are the two things, you know, admin orientated and, and self-discipline. I think those are two. It's a lot easier to be self-disciplined when you've kind of got a bit of a big brother watching you in the office than it is to be self-disciplined when it's just you um, and there's no immediate ramifications or at least, that, you know, if it yeah. seems that way. Yeah, and, and as in, so it's, it's a particular type of individual who works in this remote team, somebody who's really self-motivated, a self-starter, and has that self-discipline to do the administration, their own administration in a way. And so I, I know that your company started during COVID and I know during COVID, it was very difficult for a lot of us to maintain our, I wanna say our stability. You know, there was high anxiety, high depression, and of course, we're still, we're still seeing the effects of it. So I'm wondering, did you see that with your employees and how did you navigate that as a company? Wow, that's a difficult question. <laughs> um, I definitely did see that with a lot of our employees. Um, I saw a lot of our employees starting to struggle with with the workload and just getting very overwhelmed with everything, not, not just with, with the company, but just with life in general. And... Um, my my philosophy around that, I think my my business partner would probably be better to answer this question because he's the 
he's the person who's good with people. I'm the methodical thinker and like systems oriented and he's, you know, very amazing with people. So, um, but the one thing that I will say is that uh, another one of my favorite authors, Michael E. Gerber, he wrote the E-Myth and E-Myth Revisited and all, all the, the spin-offs essentially. One thing that he says that stood out to me is that, you know, in a, in a world full of chaos, people people crave something to to kind of give them structure and point them in, in a direction so so that really resonated with me so from my perspective what i did was i just you know put my head down and i just kept focusing on making everything as you know as or keeping it as organized and predictable as possible for them as employees um and some some agents unfortunately unfortunately did leave due to you know um, stress and anxiety and they they just um, they just couldn't handle the particular kind of work culture that we were that we were employing and um, we did try we we had conversations with them and we really extended you know every you know we made compromises and we did what we could but in the end um, yeah I think you know where we what was a win for me was the fact that we managed to keep most of our employees has has stayed with us throughout those tough times and um i can only hope that michael gerber's um, philosophy that i that i tried to employ had something to do with that so yeah yeah and I, i'm just thinking you know while all the world is in chaos what you were doing is creating something cons- constant something stable that people could actually return to and they sort of know this is one two three and that I, I think that probably really greatly helped as well because it was routines that got us through covid and so in your job environment what i'm hearing you say is that you created a routine so people kind of knew where they were at any point in time yeah 100 and and especially in our industry i think it's so it's so up and down and it's it's so unpredictable uh, most of the time so so yeah I think that really helped as you said just creating a routine and a, a and a more solid structure for them to flow with yeah so you know and so what's next for your company and you know I don't think you gave us the name of your company though so I know <laughs> I don't think you gave us a name. oh that's fine yeah I didn't so um yeah my company's name is podcast connection podcast connection um yeah, and and we're at the moment we're we're working closely with one of our uh, business coaches, actually one of our clients. Funny enough, <laughs> so he's a client and a business coach of ours, um, and he he's helping us just kind of reevaluate our um, you know our business. We're next next year we're probably gonna introduce a couple of new exciting um, services for our clients and kind of restructure things a little bit. Um, but yeah, other than that, we're just gonna, we're gonna keep doing what we're doing, keep working with amazing podcast hosts such as yourself. And, um, uh, yeah, that's, yeah, so far that's, that's pretty much it. We follow, follow, you know, you don't know what you don't know, even as a leader, that's, that's a big thing for me. Like, I think a lot of people think they know everything and they know where the next year is going to, going to take them. But if you you can't know something that you don't already know, you can't, you know, it's it's kind of like a oxymoron. 
So what we're doing is we're just, you know, as leaders ourselves, we're taking leadership from 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 someone else, and he's he's guiding us in a direction. And I think uh, that that has been very in, invaluable for us. And uh, yeah, I can't I can't say too much about the the new things that are happening, but we're we're excited we're excited about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, and that's I think it's so significant because you know I've been telling companies when I do strategy with them is that whatever strategy you had in 2020 it's now irrelevant I don't care if you're in year three of a five-year plan or year three of a of a three-year plan or year one of a two-year plan it's all irrelevant so I love the fact that you are looking at where, where you are and you know one of the things that you said that really struck me was this idea of it's not all in concrete. We're sort of navigating it as we go. 100%, so, 100%. Eric Gerber of Podcast Connection. Before we leave, anything you want to share with our audience before we go? Yeah, definitely. Um, so I there's, there's a page you can visit. I made a page specifically for the listeners of this um, podcast episode. Uh, you can go to podcastconnection.org forward slash leadership unlearned. Um, and over there you'll find um, I've, I've made a little infographic of just kind of tips on how to how to navigate a team 100% remotely essentially which is just you know taking some of the, the things that we employ um, so so everyone is more than welcome to go over there and grab that freebie no email required um, so that's podcastconnection.org forward slash leadership unlearned and um, over there, we'll, we'll put a whole bunch of links. If you do want to get in contact with me um, and or check us out on social media, I'll put all the links there. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to, to give everyone that, that freebie and hope, hopefully it'll, it'll, someone will find some value out of that. Absolutely. You know, I just want to thank you so much because there's so much that you shared with us today. You know, this whole idea of, I love the idea that you started this company in 2020. I love the idea of a pivot, musicians, you know, entrepreneurs, and you're doing a thing remotely. And one of the things that I really realized was that skills transfer, right? It was about content because you're creatives and here you are building content in another way. So I wanted to really celebrate that achievement. See, I learned something from you today. Small achievements, we celebrate it. And just this whole idea of how to keep a remote team together. I love how you've broken down your 14 people into groups of three with specialists for each area. And what helps that team from not becoming siloed is the fact that you meet with the various disciplines as a team and they're embedded in multifunctional teams. And then you meet with the entire organization at a time. I want to thank you for sharing with us you know, your successes and your failures, right? Lunch doesn't quite work, but the games work. So we know where to go with that. And I guess and I'm looking forward to when you finally figure out what's the difference between the two for you to share that with us. So, you know, we could either have a little quick chat or you could send me an email. That'll be awesome. And really thinking about, you know, some more thoughts for me about is there really a personality that does this? Because you've shared with us some of the skills that actually make your good employees better in terms of, you know, them being self-motivated, in terms of them having great administration skills, in terms of them being self-starters in a way. And even though they may be like that, I'm really hearing that you, your company constantly gives information and tips in terms of how to be better, 
what to do differently. You know, that, that sort of constant creating, that constant learning for them. I love the fact that you celebrate the Small Achievements. And that is such an encouraging thing. I wish more people would do it. And there's some things I think that you're doing remotely that would really benefit all of us in organizations. The idea of accountability, that everybody knows what they're doing when they leave a meeting. Everybody has, I guess, a to-do list or some sort of some sort of um, resource area where everybody could go and check and see who's doing what. You know, I got that sense that there's the, all these tools. And definitely for all of us, you know, whether we're in an office, whether we're face-to-face or whether we're home or in a hybrid situation, what I'm really hearing is the use of automated tools, the technology is there to push our common agenda together. So I really want to thank you, Eric, for showing up with us today and just dropping bombs, right? (laughs) So many, so many great stuff. And it's been great for me because I work online all the time. So it's been like, I've been taking copious notes and I really want to thank you for that. Thank you so much, Maxine. And thanks for challenging me with those difficult questions. You know, it's it's always great to to realize your your strengths and weaknesses. And uh, yeah, thanks for having me on the show. It, it was uh, amazing speaking with you. It's an absolute pleasure. And so folks, just, re- just to remind you, the reason why we do this show is to fuel your leadership spark so that together we can bring real change to the systems that we live, work and play within. Thank you so much for listening.